For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a Social Media Examiner production. I'm Eric Fisher. My co-host is Grace Duffy. This is the show for marketers looking to stay on the leading edge of social media. We bring you the expert opinions about the relevant social media news and how it impacts you. On today's show, we're digging into Facebook's Q4 2018 earnings call and other Facebook updates from this past week with our special guest, Mari Smith. Welcome to the show, Mari. Thank you so much, Eric. Happy to be here as always. <laughs> yes. So Mari, quick intro for you. You're the queen of Facebook. So who else would we get? And you know, you're a top social media power influencer. Forbes said so. We're going to believe it, you know, and uh, you're also keynote speaker at Social Media Marketing World 2019 which is awesome. It's going to be awesome. And in fact, uh, you can join thousands of fellow marketers at the mega conference designed to inspire and empower you. Social Media Marketing World 2019, it's a matter of weeks away. You can still get your ticket. Go to smmw19.com. By the way, we talk about all the news that we talk about in this show, but in a community-based function over on a tweet chat every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. The hashtag is SMEChat. Join us next week. Get your thoughts in about this news we're talking about today. And as usual, all the links that we mentioned today will be in the article and show notes, which you can find every Saturday at socialmediaexaminer.com slash news. All right, let's dig into this. There is a ton of stuff here. And uh, I listened to a chunk of the call. Uh, I have to admit, after a while, I was like, okay, I think, I've, I think I'm done. They're doing Q&A. And uh, so, <laughs> but it was a lot of exciting news. Mario, yeah. a lot of stuff I did not expect to hear Given, uh, let's put this the right way tactfully, the year that Facebook had last year that we obviously already covered, lots of different things going on with the public and private, et cetera, numbers said something else. Numbers were good. Num numbers showed growth, in other words. You're right, Eric. Yeah, absolutely. Not only from users, monthly active, daily active users, but then revenue and ads. Uh, the ad revenue, of course, is the number one source of revenue for all of the Facebook family of apps and services and big, big growth on Instagram ads, big growth on stories ads, big growth on users for stories. I know we're going to get into that uh, on Instagram. They're not revealing on Facebook uh, stories users yet. Um, but I was very heartened to see some growth in uh, areas that have been somewhat stagnant uh, in previous quarters, which is the, the U.S., Canada, and then even Europe. We saw some nice uh, growth in the uh, numbers. I think we're going to dig into we're going to we are we are going to dig into a bunch of different areas here. We should probably start with a larger overview of, you know, some of the the big uh, let's call them themes, the yeah. the big touch points here first. Um I think uh, Grace you know them better than I do. 
Um, Absolutely. Let me let me change. Let me say that differently. You can present them better than I can. (laughs) I know know what they are. I don't think that like I I know them better. I'll take a stab at them. So. Yes, the big story from the Q4 2018 earnings report, the big story was stories. Instagram stories grew from 400 million to 500 million daily active users within the span of one quarter. Uh, Facebook also announced that it has over 1.5 billion daily active users, which is 27 million more than the previous quarter. So just when we thought Facebook couldn't grow anymore, it did. Uh, there are um, 2.7 billion people using Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, Messenger each month, and more than 2 billion of those users are at least one of Facebook's products every single day. Uh, Facebook also reported a $3 billion increase in ad revenue from the previous quarters, and um, a lot of that growth was, like Mari said, it was like from places where even though our user numbers didn't really grow all that much or it did it the advertising revenue scaled brilliantly and of that um i think they said 34 percent was from instagram alone right and then i they kind of shifted focus to uh the coming year or this year sorry which was uh stories messaging and groups is where it's at and i don't think you know in spite of handling so many privacy and security concerns I think Facebook CEO or CFO said it best himself. He said, I'll probably just let the numbers speak for themselves. And they have. So, Mari, tell us more about each of these uh, numbers. What, what do they mean and what do they mean for us as marketers? Well, as marketers, there's no question that stories are the future. The stories are the new frontier, if you will. Um, Sheryl Sandberg said it specifically on the Q4 earnings call the other day there. She said there's a benefit to being an early adopter because the pricing is particularly attractive right now. And so one thing I mentioned in one of my own Facebook Lives this week is that many advertisers may well be doing stories ads without even necessarily realizing it because Facebook figured out not that long ago how to do the automatic placements. So for those advertisers that are in ads manager and they don't necessarily know to get into the placements segment and go ahead and and start, you know, making some customizations, the ad, so long as it fits the right format, will be showing up on Instagram and or Facebook stories. So going forward, what I would recommend for marketers is you can certainly continue to do that automatic placements. Facebook loves it when you do that. They like their algorithms and their AI machine learning and everything to actually, you know, do the hard work for you with the auction. Um, But you might look at doing more specific, uh, what we call native, native story ads so that you're specifically making vertical full screen video, not a landscape that is then, that is then, you know, um, custom fit to, to vertical, but the full screen, I saw one this morning, actually on uh, social media examiner, you guys had a little full screen video for this uh, promo for this show. Um, and so doing that nine by 16 vertical format video specifically for, uh, stories ads, and they don't just have to be 15 seconds. I believe they can be at 40 seconds, uh, or, or more, because maybe you've seen it so far where you can actually tap the little more button and you can see more, uh, longer than 15 seconds on a video ad for uh, stories. 
Um, what's also going to be coming, we might get into this in the chat here today, it, there's a lot of speculation behind the scenes, but we caught a glimpse of it, what was it, last month, December, oh, it's already February now, so it was two months ago now, uh, December, that accidentally Instagram revealed this new kind of combo feed of the left and right tap and swipe stories format combined with the vertical up and down um, uh, regular feed and kind of combined them into everything going tap and swipe. And there was this big pushback in, in the Twitter sphere. People were going crazy. And Adam Masseri is like, whoopsie-daisy, we didn't really mean to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you what, Grace and Eric, I really feel that that Facebook and Instagram will be moving users towards a more combined kind of feed format, maybe like doing away with the feed as we know it today, um, really putting those stories front and center. So as marketers, we, we're, we're all kind of on edge. We were talking about that in the green room, like something's coming, we know it, but we're not quite sure what it is. It might actually be to do with marketplace. Um, and putting marketplace much more front and center. Zuckerberg in the Q&A, it's funny you mentioned the Q&A segment, Eric, that's one of my favorite segments, and uh, you learn little nuggets that weren't pre-planned <laughs> necessarily. Yeah. And Zuckerberg in response to this topic, which I know we'll get into about integrating the messaging apps, uh, uh, WhatsApp, Messenger, and Instagram Direct, and he said, oh, you know, there's a hundred, here's an example, there's a hundred million users on marketplace and let's say someone goes to approach a seller and they see that the contact button is whatsapp but they're inside facebook marketplace with this new integration it's like one tap boom you've just messaged that person on whatsapp now i thought it was fascinating of all the examples you could have used to use facebook marketplace so something's coming regarding marketplace groups the way in which we consume stories and the feed, will it be more kind of left and right? Will it be more um, shorter content? Um, yeah, there's just, there's a lot of possibilities and speculation right now. And we're just kind of reading the tea leaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I think you're right because one, the Instagram stories, I know Instagram's owned by them and it's, but it's not Facebook, but still the fact that they announced that Instagram stories grew from 400 million to 500 million, I mean, daily active users, got to be careful with that number, got to say that it's daily active users. I mean, that's huge. That's huge growth right there. And and then that, that he also later refers to stories, Mark Zuckerberg does, as the last big game-changing feature. I just you know, I think you're dead on and everybody's kind of speculating, you know, with, with the popularity of Instagram stories and the fact that Facebook stories is still something they're wanting to learn to grow, not just user wise, but also uh, ad revenue wise. There's definitely a focus there. Stories is the story. <laughs> <laughs> it's the big story. <laughs> yes. Well, what's cool, you guys, is that it's it's micro content, right? So in this day and age, we're all in the same boat. We, we have diminishing amounts of, of time right, and attention. And so if we can consume a piece of content in literally in a matter of seconds, micro content, and the brilliance that is Snapchat's invention, mm -hmm. the fact that it's ephemeral, 
like it disappears after 24 hours. So, you know, as a consumer, like, oh, I better, you know, I better check <laughs> this out right now. And, and so then there's another element to the stories, which I particularly love, and I, I call it micro engagement. I think we've talked about this before in the past, but the idea that you can just have like a sticker tap or a pole slider, or someone interacting with now the new countdown timer uh, in mm -hmm. Instagram stories, and a direct message. I, I know many, many businesses and professionals, they measure the success of their stories by the number of direct messages they're getting. And it's a little bit like over on Facebook with the Messenger, if, you're, if, you're, if you have a chatbot set up and you're able to broadcast, I know Social Media Examiner has recently gotten that all set up. And so now a new metric you're, you're looking to view as a success metric is the number of um, opt-ins or subscribers to your Messenger bot. Similarly, on Instagram, there's no bots yet, but they will be coming, and 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 WhatsApp as well. So this this whole integration with the uh, messaging apps is the ability for marketers to just kind of Im immerse, like step in to this world of one-on-one -on -one communicating that wouldn't supersede email. It's both and. You're still wanting to do as much email marketing as always, but you want to enhance it with this one-on-one -on -one marketing. And so, um, yeah, I just really love the micro-engagement component. One more thing to plus what you just said there, Eric. I love this statement. You're absolutely right where Zuckerberg was saying that um, one of their priorities for 2019 is that they make progress on the social issues for sure, but they also need to deliver new experiences. Note he doesn't say products or features or apps. He just says it's experiences that meaningfully improve people's lives. And this is something, as you know, he's been harping on about for over a year, that meaningful social interaction, belonging to groups that are meaningful. And, and as you say, he says, I'm not talking about the many day-to-day -day iterative improvements, right, which we've seen week after week, month after month, uh, that we make so that ranking gets a bit better or things get somewhat faster. But major improvements to people's lives that whole communities recognize and say, quote unquote, wow, we're all doing something new on Facebook Facebook or WhatsApp that we weren't <laughs> doing before. Again, like right, leading those, reading those tea leaves, why did he say, or WhatsApp, right? Mm -hmm. And why is he comparing, like you said, the last experience was stories, that it was like a game changer. So as marketers, we're definitely on guard with this. Yeah. Um, I do want to make mention that we will spend some dedicated time uh, a little bit later in this conversation to that announcement that came prior to the call, which had to do with um, the combining of, uh, what was it, Facebook Messenger, Instagram, direct messages, and yeah. WhatsApp. Am I mm -hmm. missing one? I think there, I felt like there was another one, but maybe that's all of them. It was Messenger, WhatsApp, and Instagram. Yeah. So. And yeah. so that was that was announced prior to the call. And so we'll we'll dedicate some time to that a little bit down the road. There's still some other things that came out in this call. One of the things that I thought was very interesting was some of these numbers and the way that they were counting the numbers, right? Like it was this cumulative, like, let's count all the things in one big pot now. <laughs> they, they did uh, say a little bit about this percentage was Instagram. But did they break out like how much of it was how much of it was from stories versus newsfeed ads versus messenger ads? I don't think they do. They typically I don't, don't think do they that. did. 
I, I mean, the, the one number, let's see. So the one number was that it had, it had grown $3 billion. It was up $3 billion in ad revenue, and it was up to $16.64 billion in the last quarter, and that was up $3 billion. So it was 13.64 before that, and that of that, there were 7 million advertisers, active advertisers, and 2 million of those were using stories ads. Now, when they say stories ads, they don't say story Facebook stories or Instagram stories. So no. it's probably a mixture of both, right? It is, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But either, but either, so either way, like you see that the growth of, of the 7 million of active advertisers on both Facebook and Instagram, or let's just say all of Facebook's products, that 2 million of those are doing stories. So that means that there's this disparity between the seven and the two that, uh, you know, hey, you five other million active <laughs> advertisers on their platforms, like there's 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 space, there's room to grow in terms of stories so right. and, and stories advertising. So. Yeah, you know, what's interesting, Eric, is it's almost like I'm just remembering back to some of my past slide decks over the last 12 months or so. And I'm positive that Facebook had said they had six million advertisers and Instagram had 2 million. <laughs> so, Interesting. So, yeah. So now they're saying 7 million total and 2 million mm. of which are using stories. Did I, did I get that right? I'm sure that's, yeah, that's, what, they said. that's what they said this time. And I think yeah. maybe some, maybe part of it was uh, shifting. Maybe, I mean, again, we know that the 2 million is Facebook stories and Instagram stories put together, right. but that exactly. doesn't, Nowhere in there does it say what percentage is Facebook ads themselves or mm -hmm. Instagram feed ads themselves mm -hmm. either. So, you know, if stories grew and things shifted numbers wise, anyway, it's anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to question their numbers. I'm not going to question their numbers. Right. But, but here's the thing, because as as things shift around, as they say, lose some younger users to Instagram the numbers just kind of shift around a bit. This is probably their number one reason for doing this aggregate reporting. And as Dave Wenner called it, um, deduplicated. Their best estimate of the, the reflection of the size of the community, he said, is that 2.7 billion um, monthlies and then 2 billion dailies of any one of the four apps. And they, they don't want to break it out either users or revenue too much so that we all kind of get hip to like, uh-oh, you know, Facebook's losing traction or, oh, WhatsApp's growing here. It's like they want to just keep it in one big pot. <laughs> well, and Mari, uh, there was one other thing that, and now, and Mark Zuckerberg outlined several things in his opening statements, and then he also uh, published them on his um on his personal profile mm -hmm. of the th calling out different areas that they're looking to push new products this year. So we've talked about the uh, messaging, we've talked about stories and groups, but there was one thing that I was really curious about. Facebook watch will become mainstream yeah. this year. So tell me more about yeah. that as Facebook video moving away from the newsfeed to watch. So tell us a little bit about that because I, I was like, what's happening here? So tell I us know. about that. I know what you mean, Grace, because I, I've actually kind of behind the scenes, like like many of us uh, social media experts uh, behind the scenes, just like really been reading some very interesting articles and pieces out there talking about how watch is just not succeeding to the degree that the Zuckerberg and team would like it to. And that time where it was like it was very kind of coveted for the first year or so when it was in 
private beta, US only, you know, apply to get a show. And it's a really big deal when you get a show and a show page and either a new show page or convert your existing business page. And then all of a sudden it was like, you could tell something had happened internally because they just flipped a switch. Ta-da! Watch is now available globally. <laughs> and we're just surfacing every video and putting it into watch. And then it's yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> what happened? Um, but I think that what was primarily happening is there just is not yet sufficient uptake by users of enough video content that Facebook has ad inventory to be able to sell to advertisers. So as we've, you know, discussed probably in, you know, previous shows and, and, and online and whatnot, for quite some time, Facebook had said they were going to be running out of ad inventory in the feed format. So they absolutely had to come up with new ways for user eyeballs, user attention one of which is stories, which of course is doing exceptionally well on Instagram, not so much Facebook, but we will get there because Facebook, you know, Zuckerberg is like, you will get used to stories on Facebook, <laughs> no matter what. Um, but the other is definitely video. And so being able to put those ad breaks before, during, um, and there's, it's just taking longer than Facebook would like for the users to just like get used to ads, be okay mm -hmm. with having the experience interrupted. And I just think, I don't know, compared to YouTube, I don't know what you two think, but I I, I just think that we're used to it on YouTube, right? I, I yeah. go and I make a video, it gives me the little countdown. If it's not relevant to me, I've got my fingers hovered over that skip and I'm out of there and then I'm going to watch my content. But we're not used to it on Facebook, you know? So I just think that watch was a great idea or still is a good idea. And uh, as Zuckerberg said, there's 400 million people using it every month and people spending an average of 20 minutes on watch daily. I personally think that they could radically improve their algorithms because I'll go into the watch, you know, it's on the bottom of the of your phone and little red icon saying, oh, some new mm -hmm. show." new and you go and you maybe watch the one thing and then it jumps up to the next one and it's just it's such a disconnect it's something i would never have chosen to watch mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and i find that off-putting because then i'm just like oh i'm out of here that's definitely one area where youtube has them beat is with that algorithm mm -hmm. and the discovery we actually talked to what was it last week or the week before we talked about all of that i think it was last week where yeah. YouTube's even now working on that, improving their discovery and visibility and mm. giving you the content to watch that's similar to what you're already watching there. One of the things that I, because I've experienced this, is when when Facebook Watch first came out, um, one of the ways that I decided to test it was on a TV. And one of the only ways you really could do that easily was Facebook's Apple TV app. And I think there's one other system or something that you can download it for. But like, I know that on like a Roku TV or an Amazon TV, you can't really get to it. And can you imagine, like, that's where YouTube kind of thrives. At, Cause I know for me personally, I, since I'm a busy marketer throughout the day, if I find something, Ooh, I want to watch that, that I happen to stumble across on YouTube, I'll mark it as watch later. And then I can easily go sit down and relax and watch that on my TV by opening up my YouTube app. 
Facebook, I can kind of do the same thing, but not everybody can. I happen to have an Apple TV, but not everybody does. Not the the newest version that actually can download an actual Facebook app. And so that's potentially one of the the hurdles here. I think, you know, if I was in Facebook all day and could mark stuff and say, ooh, that's a seven, five, seven minute video, 10, 20 minute video even, or that or a live video, I don't have time to watch that right now. But I will watch it later and to be able to throw those in kind of like your Netflix queue when you hear mm-hmm. somebody tells you, you know, somebody tells you, oh, my gosh, have you been watching fill in, you know, insert name of show here? No, I pull out my phone and I, I throw stuff in my queue right then when people say that. So I don't know. That's just my take. But I think that's probably one of the things that's hindering some of the the watch um, adoption. That's yeah. true. My children find a way to watch YouTube videos like. I, I mean, everywhere, anywhere there's a screen in my house, they're watching some YouTube video. And I'm like, how did you even connect your app? Like, what are you doing? So <laughs> anyway, yeah, watch will get there, I hope. But I mean, are they moving all are they moving videos off the newsfeed on to watch now? Or how is that working out? What's what's going Good on? Question, with that? Grace. Yeah, because that is one more sentence in Zuckerberg's uh, opening remarks. Is, is he said um, the 400 million what, using watch monthly spending average 20 minutes on watch daily. And then he said, this means we're finding ways for video to grow outside of newsfeed. So it doesn't displace the social interactions that people primarily come to our services for. Now, <clears throat> this is something I've spoken about quite, quite regularly over the last year or so. And, and I think that sometimes we miss it. Users miss it. Marketers miss it. And the point is, that what sets Facebook apart from YouTube is the shared experiences, the ability to lean forward, to lean in, and actually have community around video watching. Because I know that Facebook has hired in the past experts to study sentiment and well-being and how does consuming content, specifically video content, on Facebook impact our minds, our well-being, our emotions, our state. And they found that consuming video, just flipping through passively by yourself, it lowers well-being. It d- diminishes your mood. And so that's why that's why they brought out this whole thing a year ago about the meaningful social interaction. They're really pushing live. They're pushing the watch parties and premieres and new video releases. They, they're as if they're live and you can host a, a recorded video, as you all know. And even the polls, that interactive feature to be able to get people to to engage more with the content and with the, the person's video. So I know that Zuckerberg and team are very concerned about not like at the, they mentioned this, I think, in one of the previous earnings calls, maybe it was Q3, where they're willing to take a little bit of a hit right now in terms of video viewers numbers. So at the expense of, you know, they're not willing to, to, to grow viewers, in other words, turn that around, to, to just push and get as many viewers as possible at the expense of user well-being. Because they know, like psychologically, if people go to Facebook and they're just consuming rubbish content passively by themselves, they're feeling crappy, <laughs> they're less likely to keep coming back to Facebook, right? Absolutely. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah so I like, I think I like this, that. Yeah, and this thing that he talked about the experience is that they really, really want to to bring like this this experience top top and front and center. Uh, uh, new experiences that meaningfully improve people's lives. 
Um, and then you'll be saying about um, the way people experience groups and communities will continue to deepen. So um, who knows? Yeah, they, they even uh, – I think the thing that really stood out to me was the wording of one of the statements, which was that groups will become an organizing function of Facebook, and here's the mm -hmm. kicker, on par with friends and family. And friends and family is you know essentially what they said – Facebook was all about last year, all year, yeah. and 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 now moving forward. So, groups like if you're hearing us, groups and stories are kind of where it's at in terms of Facebook, where they're they're attend they are giving their attention. Yeah, and we yeah. talked about two weeks ago about all the things that they're adding to groups, right? Or no, was it last week? Last week we talked about all the things they're adding to improve groups. So mm -hmm. they're investing in these products. And um, there was one line, in, it was the third thing that um, Mark Zuckerberg pointed out. Uh, they're going to keep building their business by supporting millions of businesses, mostly small businesses that rely on their services to grow. So I found, I was like, that seems, that like piqued in my interest too. Like, are, does that mean we're, we should be expecting some new business tools? I mean, how are they supporting businesses, particularly small businesses? Yeah. Right. So, so this is good, Grace. Yeah, and you said that rely on our services to grow and create jobs. So um, I, I'm working with Facebook right now. I was over in London for a week, um, late November, early December, working directly with the Blueprint team. Now, now, Facebook's Blueprint has really grown and evolved over the years, and they have the certification programs. It, there is a, Everything's free except the certification. It's very reasonable, like $100, $150. It's very hard. I know even people that ex uh, Facebook advertising employees and they're like, man, I don't think I would even pass it. So the exams are purposely <laughs> very challenging so wow. that the bar is that high. So people are coming out of these blueprint certifications with a, a very robust understanding and experience of what it takes to, to um, fully optimize the Facebook family of apps and services when it comes to advertising and growing businesses and creating jobs. And so um, it's not public knowledge yet, but they are bringing out a course, you know, adding to the blueprint library of courses that will really um, feed into that part that you just mentioned there, Grace, is of the supporting businesses, relying on uh, uh, the Facebook family of apps and services to, to create jobs. So actually getting as much training, you know, whether you're in the field or you want to get into the field of social media marketing and Facebook advertising and Instagram advertising and just big, huge emphasis on education and, and training um, to the industry and beyond. What does that certification um, signify, say, to somebody that you're competent in that, that Facebook themselves deems you worthy to do their ads. Correct. That's absolutely what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. there's, there's numerous types of, there's numerous people can look it up. You just Google Facebook blueprint. It should come up. Um, and, but yeah, and then there's a certification. Um, and I mean, it's self-study. I know there's other, there's communities as well that will, you know, communities are good because you can go through it with a, with peers and ask questions, but otherwise it's mostly self-study. It's kind of like, like one of Facebook's best kept secrets, you know. Well, and, we spilled and, the beans now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, in Facebook, it was um, it was kind of a minor news item this past week where Facebook released a certification program for its marketing partners as well, if I'm not mistaken. I, I kind of saw it in passing this week, but it was like certain, you know, they have certain advertising partners that 
utilize the API. And so they have a certification program for them. So now I think there's one or two that have passed that certification and they're, you know, Facebook seal of approval. So um, is that something that you've been working with them as well? Or is that something we should be paying attention to? I mean, if you're looking at marketers or marketing partners, um, I mean, does that certification say to us like, yes, this is who I need to go with? Yeah, no, absolutely. It does. It absolutely does. Cool. Yeah. And there's a variety. I don't have it in front of me right this second, but the, there's a variety of certifications. So depending on the, the topic or the niche that you want to specialize in. And then the, you're right, Grace, they did just recently as last year, bring out the certified Facebook marketing partner, which, yeah. uh, you know, anybody in the industry uh, would do well to check that out. Yeah. Cool. Um, we'll make sure to have that link in the uh, the show notes for this episode so that people can uh, click through and, and get more information on that. Um, Grace, I want to make sure that before we move on to talking specifically about the plans that they've announced for WhatsApp Messenger and Instagram uh, messaging, the inst- integration, integration. That's funny. The integration. Um, <laughs> before we move on to talking specifically about that, is there anything else from the call or Mari also, if, is there anything else from the call that we've maybe not given enough attention to just yet? I want to make sure we don't pass something up. We've got some other pieces of Facebook news to, to talk about here. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? And I, I took Zuckerberg. I always like to do this. I, I grab his post from a, his Facebook profile and then I just break it down and I highlight mm-hmm. it all. And, and I think I'd like to just review his very last paragraph where he said, Great. our core value to people in society remains the same. We offer a service free to everyone. He was, you know, uh, intent on getting that in that helps you stay connected with the people you care about express what you're thinking and feeling, get help when you need it most, support the causes and ideas you believe in, and start and grow businesses no matter where you are. And that makes a lot of good possible, he said, and we're committed to building technology that people can use to create positive change. So it's really, really underscoring that. And just as a quick sidebar on that note, when I was in London with the uh, Blueprint team and we're at lunch in these gorgeous cafeterias, man, the food at Facebook is unbelievable. Do you know they have this thing internally called the Facebook 15? It means you'll gain 15 pounds when you go to work for Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so we're sitting around lunch one day and um, we were talking about how there's there's been an inordinate amount of negative news and of course most of it rightfully so but several of the more senior staff were saying gosh you know facebook does so much good and why isn't that all over the news it as much as you know as much as are more than some of the negative news so i just say that hand on heart for me that i've just always been an advocate for the positive change that that facebook is really at the core of and, and, and enables us to to be a part of definitely all right uh let's see here so let's um let's talk about some of these other aspects here that they've announced so a lot of this was uh, a lot of what the rest of this is is stuff that was not necessarily um, in the call, though, they did bring up the WhatsApp Messenger, uh, Instagram, Instagration. I'll say it again. Um, <laughs> so, Grace, what did they talk about here? Because this came out before the call, and then they elaborated yeah. a little bit briefly in the call. 
Yeah, this came out last Friday. There's a story in the New York Times that Facebook is planning to integrate Messenger, WhatsApp, and Instagram into, I called it the Omega messaging platform, but this isn't quite true. And I think that that's the headline is they're integrating all of it. But what they're actually doing is keeping them standalone apps. They're taking the end-to-end encryption that you uh, would have on WhatsApp and extending it to the other platforms. So you would have end-to-end encryption on Messenger and on Instagram. What they're doing is basically structuring the under, the underbelly, no, I'm kidding. The, um, <laughs> the underlying technical struct infrastructure underneath. Yes. So deep, deep within, they'll have the same, they'll have that same base, you know, support. And it was illustrated on the call, uh, you know, they talked about, you know, buying something on Facebook Marketplace. You see that the only way that they will connect is is WhatsApp. So then you can message them from Messenger to their WhatsApp, right? And so that was, so you see how day-to-day this would be useful. It did spark some concerns about um, data protection, scrutiny, just because at this moment, uh, the other apps do not have the same end-to-end encryption. So how is that going to work? There was a lot of antitrust scrutiny and, um, you know, also the influence that Facebook could have having like these three different messaging products that are so important to people if it was all owned by the one company. You know, they talked a lot about uh, how Messenger and WhatsApp would work. And you can tell that because they, they kind of have the same messaging capability. But how would Instagram play into this? Yeah, the examples that uh, Zuckerberg gave, because it did come up in the Q&A, moreover, more, more than like the actual prepared remarks. And uh, we mentioned the 100 million people using Marketplace earlier, as you just touched on there, Grace. And, and he said that it would be able to... He said, people want to message someone, but it's WhatsApp, not Messenger, when they're inside a Facebook marketplace. And Facebook wants to be able to facilitate more transactions. So if we put our business hats on, our marketing hats, our advertiser hats, it's like, think of all the the commerce that's happening in marketplace. By the way, I heard that marketplace has become the number one place to sell cars. I believe in the U.S. I don't think it's worldwide, but the number one place to sell cars is marketplace. Um, and so then you can imagine that if there is commerce to be done that may be getting prevented because someone is wanting to message that person, ooh, I'm inside of Facebook right now and I want to contact them WhatsApp. Ooh, oh, I could Instagram direct them. And so that's one component as kind of like an agenda, if you will, to Im- increase the number of transactions. And Zuck actually stated that on the call. Another example he made, which I thought was very interesting, and you, you touched on that there, Grace, is about the security aspect. So he said, he said <laughs> tens of millions, tens of millions, I think, let's just leave it at that, tens of millions of people <laughs> on Android use Messenger as their SMS client, right? So you can't do that. You, Grace, yeah, you yep. can't do that on iOS. Everybody uses, you know, at the their regular iOS messaging. iMessage. iMessage, thank you. And so, um, but I thought it was really interesting that of the examples that Zuck could have brought, one was the the marketplace and one was this one, Android using Messenger. And he says, when you're still messaging someone over a phone network, but if you go over WhatsApp, 
It's end-to-end encrypted. Now, this is the forward-facing business statement that Facebook will be making, is it's about security, improving security, improving encryption, which of course is true. And so, but from a business and advertiser and growth standpoint, there's significant advantage to us as business people and as advertisers to be able to reach 2.7 billion people through one means so that we don't have to build a bot for Messenger and then a bot for Instagram, which is not available yet, but will be WhatsApp, not available yet, but will be. And so as WhatsApp continues to keep growing its business offerings and Instagram is a huge year for uh, commerce, for um, sales and shopping uh, in Instagram, we're going to see a big surge on that then. But nonetheless, that the underpinning, the being able to restructure that entire, like the infrastructure of the messaging is going to be late 2019, early 2020. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting, the timing of that announcement, it was very close to Mark Zuckerberg's opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal stating about how this is how ads work. And uh, I'm not sure what that specifically strategic chess move was about. Maybe we've yet to see but uh, yeah, Tim Lewis, they're saying it's a massive technical project. I can't even mm-hmm. imagine. So, but they're going to be working on it behind the scenes like crazy. But I think it's going to open up tremendous opportunities to, to businesses and advertisers. And I think the users will get used to it too. I think it'll be good. And I wonder if it's going to have some sort of seamless, you know, interface where I would love it where it's, you know, I don't have to go to all these different apps to check all my different inboxes, but to have maybe that one hub, at least for the Facebook apps, where I can go that one place and I can reply to everything, no matter who it is or what app they're using on their end, their message comes in and filters to the right app on my side and so on. And maybe I pick my app of preference. Maybe maybe I prefer Instagram uh, DMs. And so this, I only use that, but I can send a message from there and have it go to somebody else's Facebook messenger. I would love to see that happen, actually. I would love to yeah. see that. IG DMs is uh, preferable to me. I love all the different things you can do there. So hmm. Neat. Well, interestingly enough, again, looking at this a little bit deeper, for the longest time, uh, Facebook has had WeChat Envy. And um, <laughs> yes, you might know, and so those of you that don't know, WeChat is China's everything app. It's, it's like the it's like 50 apps in one, it's Skype and Tinder and Venmo and you name it, Facebook, Twitter and Snapchat, it's everything in one. Uh, they do their investment, their banking, their, their um, social interactions, it's all in WeChat. And there was a conference, I want to say maybe two or three years ago, it might have been one of the TechCrunch ones, and uh, the CEO of uh, Booking.com, I distinctly remember him saying this, that WeChat is light years ahead of the Western world in terms of messaging apps. Of course, it's way more than a messaging app. And he said that the only two apps that were remotely poised to compete with WeChat in the Western world was in uh, Facebook Messenger and Facebook-owned WhatsApp. So this, the integration or the ability for all three of those apps to communicate with one another, Instagram Direct, Facebook Messenger, and WhatsApp, 
to communicate, to have a shared um, coding infrastructure, then to bring out more in the, in the realm of commerce and this marketplace facilitating more transactions. This is Facebook's kind of chess move, if you will, towards becoming more, more like WeChat. Um, and then also coupled with the fact, as we spoke about earlier, where they're aggregating the, the numbers. So we won't necessarily know, are, are people moving more over to WhatsApp or more on Messenger or, you know, Instagram, eventually they won't break down the numbers of users. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, we've got some other news here. So let's talk a little bit about this new uh, privacy and data hub that uh, is that the purpose is to help businesses understand Facebook's policies. So this is pretty interesting. Um, Grace, so they launched this. It's it's a, basically a data hub. I mean, this is basically for businesses only. Right. I mean, this is not something that the public this is, this is, you know, for us business owners, us marketers. So <laughs> they did release this website and, and and I went through it and it just goes by step by step. Each things that if you're advertising, how to comply with GDPR, how to, you know, how to protect your uh, your customer's data. So and it goes by step by step and it links out to other resources. So it's not, you know, so it's all right there, but you can go wherever you need to go. And it gives you um, insights into Facebook's data uh, usage policies, insights on tools and ad products that you could use to um, gather uh, your audience information. And it gives advice to businesses on how users can protect their audience's data and information once they do use it. But on the consumer side, Facebook also published an article called Understanding Facebook's Business Model. Um, which provides transparency in very simple, very basic terms of how its ads and contents work on the site, how they're distributed, and then what and it really goes in depth into explaining what the company means when it says it gathers users' data and information and shares it with advertisers and why, no, they're not handing a dossier exactly on you, Eric Fisher, and your love of T-shirts and YouTube or YouTube and YouTube and YouTube and, you know, handing <laughs> that over to someone and why that would make no sense whatsoever, but what it means. And so it, it released those two things this week. Both of them, I thought, were beautifully executed. I mean, they were they were really easy to follow. I mean, I got it. <laughs> I understood it. <laughs> I mean, this is and and ultimately, this is one of those things that's a positive thing that has come out of all of the dealings from last year. You know, th this is them going along the lines of, OK, there were issues. We're going to rectify those issues by being upfront about what how we do, what we do and why we do everything. And you as a business can now understand and make sure that you also are covered when you're dealing with your customers on our platform. So it's good to yeah. see. No, you're absolutely right, Eric and, and Grace. And it's it's in a way a preemptive move because so many advertisers get their ads disapproved and or will have experiences where their ad account is even like temporarily shut down. It's it's the bane of advertisers' lives. It's very, very frustrating and to be told that your ad didn't get approved, but to really have no inclination as to why, no real um, explanation. And so by putting this, these hubs, these microsites and hubs out there, it, it's more of an educational site so that Facebook can kind of drive businesses over here and say, you know, make sure you familiarize yourself with, with everything, with all of the terms, the privacy, the compliance, as you say. And so then ideally us advertisers will create more compliant ads is to create a better quality of ad. 
Um, and I do think that this is actually connected to that new tab that rolled out, not public facing, which I thought was interesting, not public facing, but every page now has that extra tab called page quality. So you can see oh. if anything was removed for violating their community standards or found to be false by their independent fact checkers, which um, I think you're going to talk about that next in the next segment. But um, I, I mean, I'm heartened to see all of these different moves that Facebook's made. I also saw um, one of the other stats was that um, Facebook only grew their employees by about 5% last year. So the previous year, they really staffed up. But and then that that comment that Zach made about, you know, come something big, big, big improvement coming in the future. It's it's as if they they were saying, hey, for the last 12 to 18 months, we have had to do nothing but put fires out. Now the fires are down to like smoldering embers, and we're gonna go full on to get back to building products and improving and you know, bringing all, all these great experiences to our users. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, before uh, before we get into one other minor fire that we'll kind of close the show out with, <laughs> um, there is this oversight board, another proactive thing that they're doing mm -hmm. that we need to talk to to kind of talk about here a little bit. So they're creating this independent body to oversee all of Facebook's content decisions. It looks mm -hmm. like um, so Facebook uh, posted a basically charted their initial plans for this. It's still, we have yet to see what will come of it, but at this moment, they're talking about a board of up to 40 people of various backgrounds and perspectives. And they're very adamant about suggest saying that none of them will be Facebook employees, either current or former. Um, these members will serve as a part-time for a fixed terms, and there's only one chance for a second term. And then all decisions will be made public. So with a formal explanation, and then people could come in and dissent and write their own opinion. And then, you know, final ruling will be made. So it sounds like with this board, Facebook is really wise in saying we are taking ourselves out of this equation and um, allowing other parties. And I mean, they're looking for people that are involved in public policy, education, all kinds of fields. Hopefully comes out with a well-rounded decision of what content is good and what isn't and what should be there and what shouldn't. So like I said, it looks like Facebook is trying to just take itself out of it and saying, you judge this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You do this. <laughs> You're right, Grace. And I think that what this move uh, is smart, um, Facebook trying to, you know, basically have their own Supreme Court. I believe I read somewhere that it's like it's like the third time something might be reported and it goes internally and then reported again, it's internal. But then the third time it goes to this to this uh, board. I see that this move that it's, it's preemptive in the hopes that they don't get regulated by the government, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. so, um, which I can't blame them, um, really. <laughs> yeah, this, no, I, I, mean, I agree. This to me feels like the move that was born out of Mark sitting in front of, was it Congress? I'm, I'm yes, completely blanking Congress. on it. Yes. Yeah, so yep. sitting there, it's like, um, you know what? This might be a good idea for us to show that <laughs> you don't need to have me come do that anymore. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but it's good to when see. It comes I mean, down to decisions like um, uh, there is some breast cancer awareness organization that had a problem with its content being taken down because it was considered, you know, inappropriate. But it really wasn't, and given the context that they were talking about it, right, and how that was different. So there is, you know, this definitely does affect businesses, like day to day businesses, in ways that, you know, we can't even think about right now, right? Till it happens. 
All right. Well, um, and we should say, by the way, this is not going to be something that just gets a, you know, it's not a, a switch that gets flipped and then it's, we've got the board. No, like yeah. this, this oversight board is going to take some time for them to put together. So I'm sure they'll be at some point down the road late this year, maybe into next year again, where they have the announcement. Okay. It's in place, but uh, it's good to hear that they're working on it. Absolutely. Yeah. Agreed. So I did allude to one other fire. And we'll try to wrap this up um, kind of succinctly with some facts. <laughs> so, Grace, uh, this one's pretty interesting. Um, it also involves Apple. So, <laughs> so which okay. Hurts. So, within which hours, within hours of the earnings call, uh, TechCrunch reported that Facebook has been secretly paying users between the ages of thirteen and thirty-five a certain amount plus referral fees to install this. Facebook research VPN app that allows the company to monitor all of that user's phone and web activity, even down to like their Amazon purchases and how they how they do that. It also gave them access, root access to the network's traffic. Uh, the app was clearly a violation of Apple's policy. So Facebook said, oh, we'll take it down. Um, and before they could, Apple was like, we already took it down for you. So it was a whole, <laughs> I quit, no, you're fired situation. <laughs> So um, I guess, you know, so it, and it blocked all of Facebook's research. And I would like to note that Google actually has the same app that it then came out and said, oh, well, they got caught, so we'll take ours down. And so they took it out of the app store on iOS. But both of these apps are still running on Android, actually, right now. So <laughs> I don't know how that makes me feel, but, you know, <laughs> as an Android user, but, you know, um, so I think. It got dealt with. I mean, I'd never downloaded the app. I'm out of the age range, so I wasn't invited either. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a couple other interesting pieces to it where uh, not only – I mean, it, the, 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 the Apple violation, quote violation, uh, was essentially that Facebook was using their internal – enterprise certificate where this allows you know to test you can test versions of apps internally so that you can perfect them and then roll them out this also allows businesses to have uh internal apps that are specified to just their giant uh campuses so for example when apple shut off or removed um facebook's enterprise certificate that allows them to do this they killed one of the, you know, a couple of, actually not just one, but the one I'm going to give the example for a couple of different internal Facebook apps, not apps. So this is where some people would say, oh my gosh, did you hear that Apple pulled Facebook from the app store? They didn't. That's right. false. That's not what yeah. happened. It's yeah. more granular than that. Actually, what happened is it was an enterprise certificate and that actually killed like, what was it? Their internal like trolley system or train yeah. that you could like Menu. basically. Yeah. Yeah, used to get across Facebook's campus, which caused them a bunch of – I'm sure they were not happy about this. Let's just put it that way. Um, yeah. But I will say this. I woke up this morning and was happy to see that Apple had reinstated Facebook's enterprise certificate so that things could now start running smoothly. So, yeah, it, 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 I don't know how much more we need to go into this. It's just one of those it's, – it's weird to see big corporations fighting. You know what I mean? It's it's kind Mark, of funny they, but Mark, also like they down the street scary. from each other? I mean, I used to live in that part of California. Like, aren't they literally down the street? <laughs> like, yeah. so, that. That's pretty funny. But anyway, it's handled. It's, it, you know, but it came out. It was right before the call. So, you know. 
Yeah. And again, Facebook's not the only one who kind of got caught with their hand in the cookie jar here. It was Google also. It, it was just not, I mean, now, and now we're aware of it as a public. I, I don't, you know, I don't have any kind of grand like plateau of statement to say here. Um, Mari, what do you think? <laughs> I guess. Well, the bottom line, they did break the rule. I mean, they had that yeah. enterprise certificate. They used a little back door to, and then they did pay these users. Some of them were teens, not all. Um, and, you know, TechCrunch broke the news, and rightfully so. They got their hands slapped big time. And, and you're right, Grace, it was a matter of, you know, I quit, no, you're fired kind of thing. <laughs> so, but they, they put it right yesterday afternoon uh, oh. around four-ish for, for Pacific. It was, uh, they got their license back. I'm sure it wreaked havoc internally. We probably don't know the half of it, maybe never will. But, uh, you know, Facebook was adamant to point out that this did not in any way, shape or form affect the public app. So it was, you know, yeah. business is normal for all of us. But internally, it was probably complete chaos <laughs> for 24 <laughs> hours. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. So they, they they couldn't get to the, the Facebook cafeteria using the Facebook. They had to run there. They had to lose their Facebook 15 running there. Yeah, they had to lose they the Facebook the trolley. 15. <laughs> Great. Maybe this Call was backs. a good thing all around. Okay. Maybe it brought awareness to some other things. So. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. It's it's just it, I think it's a little bit I I would say ironic that in the midst of okay that all that stuff's behind us we have all this growth and then there's oh man this other fire uh, yet again we got to put out another fire come on guys so I mean again okay so this is the end of the show this in summary man I I would say Mari you still you said it to me best pre-show where there were, you were heartened with a lot of the stuff that was announced. And I think that's kind of the way, like you said before, focusing in on the positive. There's a lot of people who are using Facebook. There's growth there. There's more users than we, and we were like, man, everybody's on Facebook. No, apparently they weren't. And now they are. So yeah. having you here is like a peace of mind <laughs> and you know, uh, you're able to give us insight that we weren't really able to have ourselves. So. Thank you very well, much. I didn't know about the Facebook 15 until today. It <laughs> explains a lot. It explains a lot of what's going on over here. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm really looking forward to social media marketing world and really digging deep into this topic, the future of Facebook, specifically yeah. for marketers and the evolution and what we should all be focusing on in 2019 and beyond. Yeah, there's going to be a lot. I mean, it, here we are. At the, this is February 1st as we as of this recording right now. And Social Media Marketing World is uh, March 20th. So we've got another good six, seven weeks where I'm sure there's going to be some more uh, shakeup, specifically with Facebook and, uh, and all the other social channels. So it's going to be great to see you there. I can't wait for your keynote. Uh, Amari, between now and then, where can people find you? Facebook.com slash Mari Smith, Instagram by Mari underscore Smith, and of course, marismith.com. Twitter is at Mari Smith. Awesome. Mari, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. See you later. Ciao. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, let's do some last minute cleanup stuff. I want to remind you again that everything we talked about links to links to Mari links to everything we talked about it, you can find that in the social media marketing talk show recap that is every Saturday at social media examiner you can find it at socialmediaexaminer.com slash news special thanks to Jeff C for handling the simulcasts and you Grace for being a great co-host thank you Eric for being an excellent host and thank you to Mari Smith for being the best guest ever so <laughs> thank you for I, uh... Thank you for our Facebook, our, our all Facebook, all Mari Smith show. Uh, by the way, our next show will be next week, February 8th. 
Get this on your calendar by going to socialmediaexaminer.com slash live show. You can also subscribe to this as a podcast. If you're listening to this or watching this, you can get it at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, everywhere else too. And again, don't forget, we've already mentioned it a bunch of times, but we want to see you face-to-face at Social Media Marketing World. You can join us and thousands of other fellow marketers by going to Social Media Marketing World 2019. The URL is smmw19.com. And again, join us at our tweet chat every Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, hashtag SMEchat. We're going to dive into this stuff that we just talked about a little deeper next week. And, uh, oh, by the way, we have an Alexa briefing. Not to, you know, tip up all your Amazon audio devices. That's a code. Uh, you can subscribe to it at socialmediaexaminer.com slash Alexa. And uh, by the way, it's read by Grace. It's Grace. She's giving you the news daily. So uh, thanks again for being here and have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. If you're like so many fellow marketers and creators and entrepreneurs, you're probably wondering, how do I put AI to work? Well, be sure to listen to the AI Explored podcast, a new show from Social Media Examiner, hosted by yours truly, Michael Stelzner. Again, check out the AI Explored podcast.